gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of An Evolved Review. I am your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and I am joined each and every week by none other than straight from the SWN. Welcome back, Caleb Stovall. What's going on, man? I am excited. I am excited about this one, man. You know, we had our episode come out uh, last week where we just kind of randomly uh, just talked about whatever. It still ended up being a lot about wrestling. Um, haven't, haven't really got the numbers on that yet as far as like the reception goes, because, um, it, it didn't actually get put out until just a few days ago because I had to fight the stupid copyright violations, which we knew was going to happen, but, um, we got past all that. The video's up on YouTube. It's on the audio platforms. Uh, it's on, it's on Facebook. So, I mean, I knew we wouldn't have any problem with the audio platforms, but, uh, I really enjoyed that episode. And then today... This is a monumentous occasion. Uh, this is a this is a special uh, thing that's happening here, and I don't I don't know uh, if if you 100% know why. We talked about it a little bit last week, but this is the first time you and I have ever ever reviewed a episode of like the weekly television shows. We have never done NXT. We have never done Raw. We have never done Dynamite. We've never done SmackDown. None of it. I mean, I guess if you count the Ring of Honor stuff, but that was. That was the pure tournament, and like, maybe if you count like the uh, Halloween Havoc, but that was that. I mean, that's technically a like a pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have never done one of the weekly television episodes, and so I think that that speaks for itself to an extent. That you know tonight that we wanted to do this one, um, but you know I, there's there's a couple of combinations here for why we do this. Number one, uh, it. You know, it definitely brought in a, an element of Dark Side of the Ring because if that Nick Gage episode had not been a thing, then there, there's no way that that main event would have happened tonight. No. Or tonight. It wasn't tonight. It was last night, but whatever. Yeah. Um, on this episode. <laughs> um, there's no way that would have taken place. Uh, you know, so that that's a big part of it. Um, I think it being in Charlotte has a lot of hype behind it. Um there's just a lot, man, uh, and, and I this episode, it feels big. It feels like that episode in Atlanta felt at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, this was a special, you know. I mean, this was Dynamite, but it was Fight for the Fallen. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I will say this, dude, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one as many times as you have traveled to North Carolina for, like, PWX and, and other wrestling shows and stuff like that, like – Anytime you have a wrestling show in North Carolina, it's going to be good. Yeah, sure, man. We can go with that. Listen, uh, I fucking hate this. I fucking hate the city of Charlotte uh, with a divine passion. And I am going to try my best to not mention that at all tonight. Uh, but I definitely think that this is. No, you just did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. But I, like I said, I'm going to try to limit that. Uh, I'm going to try to limit uh, my my hatred and fury uh, towards that city, but I will say that this is like the best wrestling show that's taken place there in a long time, and um, I really, really, really uh, enjoyed it, and we're going to talk about it right here. So, uh, why don't we just get into it, man? We'll go talk. We'll go talk to bottom. We'll go talk to bottom. Um. So, I thought it was interesting that they chose to open this. With the ten man elimination, I'm glad it didn't go at the end because I think had the Nick Gage match not been a thing, 
that it would have not that, that it would have been the main event more than likely yeah yeah um i was uh, i was taken aback a little bit with the whole um tune squad entrance kind of thing <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up cuz you know like i you know i'm the i'm the guy that brings up negative shit about everything especially aw but okay. i'm so glad that you brought that up <laughs> well i just mentioned it but <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. It's just, okay, all right, okay. So, I've never been a fan of the Dark Order, but I'm telling you, the way that they've built that storyline with Adam Page has worked, and the way that they did the introduction with a little intro video. I love that that video. It was fantastic. And then the actual entrance with the spotlights coming on and then Page coming through the middle, that, like, I I mean, the hair on my arm was standing up. How big was that pop? It was incredible, and that was such a good entrance. You know, I'm all for the theatricality. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, I love a good entrance, man. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll watch. I'll go through and watch Starcade '97 just for the Sting entrance. Of course, because uh, it's one the of the best entrances entrance in the history of wrestling. Right, if not the greatest, it's definitely one of the greatest. Yes. And this one, man, I mean, I will remember this. Like, I will remember that entrance. And, you know, we talk a lot about making moments in wrestling and that, that, that's like, that's like the hardest thing to do is to make a moment because you can't, you can plan for it only to a certain extent. All the right ingredients have to just be there. And some of that is, is a little bit of luck and it's, it's execution. Uh, So you can't, you can plan a little bit for it, but you can't plan for all of it. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, they went over this entrance with the production team but the way that it was executed and pulled off and the talent involved, it was great, man. And Adam Page and the Dark Order, over. I mean, just over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Adam Page is over in general. Yeah. Um, and, dude, it, it just, like, again, when that spotlight popped up and, he w- and, like, he walked out, I, like, I heard that pop and I went, oh, my God. Like, I love huge. the pop where... You can tell that it exceeds the um, the the gain of the audio on the damn microphones on the cameras. Yep. Like you can tell that it just caps out the audio. Yeah. Uh, it, you know what? It, 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 this show it, it speaks to kind of how big it felt when even like in the intro, Jr. Like that was like the biggest I've heard him on Dynamite open up the show. Like, like he was just like, it's Wednesday night. And you know what that, like he like legit sounded excited and stuff like that. It it just, everything felt big. Like, like you said, JR did a great job. Actually. I thought on this, um, as a matter of fact, I thought that all of the guys on the commentary for the most part were firing all center cylinders all night. Um, and now, of course, I'm not counting Don Callis because fuck him. <laughs> you don't like Don Callis whatsoever, do you? Don Callis during this match said, and we'll get back to the entrance, but he said, and I quote, that Kenny Omega was the Michael Jordan of pro wrestling. Well, yeah, he's, he's his manager. He's supposed to say stuff like that. I understand that. I, I, I am a manager. I, I get it. <laughs> but like... Kenny Omega is not even the Michael Jordan of baseball of professional wrestling. 
Like. That was great. He's like not even the he's like the Isaiah Thomas of professional wrestling at best. Uh, anyway, oh, man. So, so I so here's the thing. Okay, all right. So back to the entrances. Okay, you brought it up. So we have we have Adam Page and Dark Order come out. Amazing entrance. Yeah. And then we have Kenny Omega and the Elite come out, and they're like getting booed, right? Like like the crowd initially booed them when they came out because they're the heels. Yeah. And then they came out to, like, the Space Jam nonsense. And, like, okay, I would get it if, like, Space Jam was, like, a sponsor for the show. But they weren't. <laughs> like. No, no, no. They, they mentioned them on uh, HBO Max. Who did? They mentioned it during the show. They said, they said, they said now available on HBO Max, Space Jam Legacy. Okay, well that that is a little more comforting then. I, the version I have didn't have the commercials in it, so uh, I didn't see that. But I didn't notice the announce team plugging it, so that was weird. But I just I, I I'm with you though that I thought this entrance was odd. It it, it they immediately they played this mu- the music from you know from the original, which I'm guessing it's in the second one too. I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen it either. I, I'll watch a second Space Jam when you know. They get the greatest basketball star of all time to do another one, um, <laughs> and and they haven't done that. So uh, yeah, that I I just thought it came off as odd. And then uh, also um, Matt Jackson can't dribble f- to save his life. We found that out. Uh, it, that whole thing, man, it was just odd. Uh, the I feel like the them being the elite squad just. I don't. Know, I I think it set a weird tone for the whole match. Yeah, um, I kind of did too. Um, I thought that they should have just been straight heels, um, because clearly the crowd wants to boo them, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I, like normally you do that if 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 the team is a babyface team. Now they might. What I kind of took away from it though was was that you know they just want to make a mockery now of everything and their heels, right? So they don't care what anyone says. They're like, okay, hate us, fine. That's what you're supposed to do, you know. That's why I'm just like I'm just like yeah, I love like you know it's great that you hate Kenny Omega because you're kind of supposed to, <laughs> right? Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was interesting, man. I like the actual work from the Young Bucks during the match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm gonna say this: the match was too long. But I, I, I mean, you were say that when I was watching it, I was like, I was like, yeah, I can definitely see that. But I mean, but here was the thing: the crowd was involved the whole way. They were. They were. But I mean, then again, you've got the the world champion, the tag team champions, and the number one contender in this match. I mean, if it 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 was over and it was it was a little long, but you know, I didn't mind it. It was just like you guys could have easily shaved five minutes off of this to the same effect. Yeah. But but one thing I really loved about this whole episode of Dynamite is that this was by far the longest match, dude. This 
after this match ended, this whole episode is paced. Like, I would even say, I would even, you've never heard me say this about AEW. I think after this match, the rest of the show was paced perfectly. I, you know, I was wondering what, what you were going to say about that. Cause like me and uh, Blake were talking about this earlier. Um, I thought like, like we thought that the, the whole show flowed so good. It did. And I'm very big on, I mean, obviously, you know, I do this in an indie level. These guys, I mean, this is on a different level. But to me, because it's one of the things that I nitpick and that I'm uh, very uh, specific about, and I think it's very important to the presentation of the show, is it needs to flow smooth. You need to go from this segment to that segment to this segment to that segment, and it needs to be smooth. Yes. Um, it's, it's the difference between you know, somebody being in the ring and like a video playing on the screen and then you go back to the ring and that person's still there and then you have to wait for them to leave to the person's in the ring, a video plays, and then when the video's done, that person's gone, the ring announcer's there and they're ready to set up the next thing. Yeah. You don't create those dead spaces. You have to eliminate that. And this show, I mean, it just... It was like, here's a match. The match is eight to ten minutes. And then we go backstage for a segment. And then something happens. And then it's right on to the next match. And I just, I really thought that they killed it. Because, uh, I mean, check out these match times, okay? The opening match is almost 20, almost 26 minutes. Okay? Match two, eight minutes. Match three, eight minutes. Match four, four minutes and 30 seconds. Match five, four minutes. Match six, 13 minutes, and that's your main event. Now, yeah. granted, granted, it's a 10-man elimination match. It shouldn't be less than 17 minutes. I mean, it really shouldn't. I mean, I think I think maybe 15 means that you just bam, 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 eliminated everybody and then got down to the last two. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. What did you yeah. think of the uh, basketball spot in the match? I... Do you mean? Do you mean when um either when one of the Jacksons made the the hoop, and they shot it through? Is that what you meant? Well, the uh, when they did the Meltzer driver. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with I, the basketball. It was um, it was it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, but, I, I thought, though, that the match could have been just as good if they would have just been in their regular wrestling gear. I honestly think it may have improved it some. But it is what it is, man. Right. If they got some sponsorship money for this, I don't consider it near as much of a um, situation as if they had. No, no. Or, I, I remember Excalibur saying that yeah. Space Jam Legacy on HBO Max currently yeah which is fine i just didn't catch that so that's cool so um all right so the next match that we had up here uh, i think the announcement came after this but the next match that we had up uh, and i loved this match was ftr versus santana and ortiz yes and and you had tully blanchard and, and uh, conan on the outside i forgot conan was uh back in aew yeah that was awesome to see him i was like oh shit i forgot that he you know came back and everything like that like that's awesome 
I'm a, yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of Conan, man. Me too. You know, I was like, damn, dude, if he had come out in his like Wolfpack shit, like, oh, can you imagine? I mean, he got a huge pop anyway, but can you imagine? Oh god. Uh, <laughs> although I'm pretty sure he would have got sued because I'm I'm pretty sure like Vince owns every version of that that ever existed. So, you know, yeah. Um, oh well. Uh, this match was great. This was maybe my favorite FTR match since they moved to AEW. This one, this one was a good one. Unfortunately, Dax, I think, uh, yeah. suffered an injury. Yeah, I think so. I haven't read up on it, really. Uh, there was a botch um, earlier in the match uh, that looked like it was pretty rough. Uh, they were trying to do like a, uh, like a leapfrog spot and mm. it didn't quite work. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was what it was, but, uh, it, I mean, they didn't, it didn't look bad and I don't think that's where the injury came from. I so where it was either, but I mean, yeah, that, but that just was something that stood out to me that took me kind of out of it. But the energy in this match, the way that, you know, they actually worked as faces and heels, um, it was fantastic, man. And I'm going to tell you, like, for whatever reason, this whole show, even the even the, the opening match, just had this energy. And it, it may be just that the fans are, are back and the fans are so happy to be back. But I don't think it's just that, dude. I think that there is an excitement about this product. Yes, that just has not existed for anything in a, in a while. Yes, it's it's basically with all of these rumors, but not just like these rumors about Brian and Punk and and other stuff, but the like okay, the fact of you had Nick Gage, yeah, as as the main event. No, like out of a million, like okay. I always thought I was like I was like that'd be so cool if AEW brought him out or something like that, but that's not gonna happen. And then they actually go and do it. Yeah, and it just it look okay, and, and and we might get into it a little bit later, but I'll go ahead and say this about him: like, you know, they're not glorifying him as a criminal. All right, right. Did his time. And I think he's more than made up for that by now. Yeah, and I mean, if if uh, WWE really liked him, then they can always get him for money in the bank. Yeah. Because <laughs> he robbed one. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think... It, it did. I think, I think everyone is true. Like, first of all, this is what everyone's been wanting for a while. You know? Yeah. They've been wanting another wrestling product out there. They've been wanting that feeling of, you know, not necessarily even an AEW versus WWE, but they've just been wanting that, that other product out there that, that, that they can go to and stuff like that. And they've been wanting other wrestling and it's, it's not just good for, uh, you know, the fans and everything, but it's great for the wrestling business. I've been saying this for a while. I love the fact that, AEW has this partnership with Impact. Uh, it seems like GCW now, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AAA Mexico, because now it's like talent can actually be exchanged and stuff like that. It's kind of like the old territory days, only on a grander scale, if you think about it. Am I, am I off base on that one? 
I mean, no, I don't think so. I I think, I I, I think one thing that's not going to happen though, I don't think we're going to see, at least not in the current, like, a lot of people are comparing it to the original WCW run, which is is fine because there's a lot of similarities, right? It's on TNT. Uh, it's an upstart wrestling company. Uh, it's from a guy who's not somebody who's traditionally been in the wrestling business. Um, there's a lot of people coming over from WWE to go there. Uh, but it's also different in a lot of ways. And, and Vince McMahon actually addressed it on an investor call. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that saying that they don't look at them as competition, especially not in the way that they did with WCW. And I, I think that we're not going to see... One of the things that, like people who are tired of WWE but aren't really fans of AEW and 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 really they want what they really want is WWE to get better. Um I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think W we're going to see this. I think there's this idea that if you can create this bubble over here, if it's big enough and good enough then we will force WWE to be good again. Like uh, what happened in the in the Attitude Era. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because WWE only cares about catering to their shareholders. That's it. They don't give a single shit about their fans. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually saw someone the other day. It was on some group, and they were like, yeah, UFC doesn't care what the fans think, but in uh, WWE fans, their opinion matters. And I was like, okay, UFC's a real fight. In most of the time, we don't have to go into that. Um, and I'm like, and and the notion that you think WWE cares about their fans is like, I mean, I can give you hundreds and hundreds of hours of evidence that they do not. Uh, that whole thing is just, it irks me a lot. So I don't think, I, I mean, it, it, until Vince McMahon is no longer running things or, it, you know, unless they, they sell to, uh, you know, NBC or whoever, um, I, in the unless something you know huge like that changes, I don't think we're gonna see the quality of WWE go up or down based on what AEW is doing. No, I I, I agree. Um, I agree completely. I just I just love right now the momentum that see AEW right now has a lot of momentum, and it's funny because a lot of people thought that that was gonna be halted after the horrible ending to Revolution. But guess what? They've bounced back from that, haven't they? Well, it's not so much that it was halted then. I mean, that was atrocious. I mean, we talked about it. Go go watch the episode. Yeah. Um, They were on a slump from the day that COVID hit. And it's not entirely their fault, but it's like, I remember watching that first episode of Dynamite in the empty stadium where Jericho's like talking to like the camera drone or whatever. And I was like, oh, this got old in five minutes. What are we going to be doing in six months? And then six months later, oh my God, it was just unwatchable. And Dynamite got to the point where, I mean, I just turned it off. I wasn't paying attention to it. It was in the same category as Raw and SmackDown for me. Um, but now I think it's I think it's very clear that they were just kind of treading water and I don't blame them. But now it's serious. Um, and they are, you know, now that the fans are there, and they can build like a nice, tight, you know, live production television show. Uh, they're getting, uh, they've got the feel of like how to actually run a show. Um, 
because here's another thing a lot of people haven't considered, and I know we're making this not as much about the episode now as we are about AEW as a whole, but that's what happens on this podcast. We go off on wild tangents. Of course. Um, we're, the, we're the new Bischoffs. Right, exactly. <laughs> what? That's a huge compliment. What, what cool. people don't understand is that when you're trying to start up a wrestling production like this, um, it is incredibly hard to find people from a production standpoint that know how to produce or shoot wrestling because there's not really anything like it. I mean, sure. I guess if you've run production on like a boxing match or UFC or something like that, then you probably have a little bit of ideas of like, okay, the guy number one is going to come out. You got to get these shots. Guy number two is going to come out. You got to get these shots. You got to get these shots in the fight. You got to be positioned here around the ring, whatever. That would help, but for the most part, there's no experience that really prepares you to shoot professional wrestling. Uh, And and so it's very, very hard to get people um, on a mass scale like this who have experience doing that. Um, I, I would imagine that they went probably to the indies, to like the bigger indie promotions for a lot of this stuff. And, and that's why WWE has the Performance Center and, and why they train so many of their people uh, in-house because they're training them to be WWE employees uh, and, and do what WWE does. It's not like you can go to school for that somewhere. Right. Um, you can go to school and learn how to operate a camera and how to light a scene and how to shoot a scene, but you can't learn how to shoot wrestling necessarily. Exactly. And, and that's just one job. I mean, you got to talk about all the production people, uh, you know, trying to put the show together when you have a we're when you're filming a live product. I mean, there's other sports that do that necessarily, but like, you know, like the NBA isn't going to commercial during the finals and and like, oh god, we have to stop the game right here. You know, it's not like they're slotting, you know, 7 to 25 minute wrestling matches in between commercial breaks and promos and all of that. Um, so it's all got to be very tight. Um, it's just a different thing, man. It's, and so I think a lot of the people that they hired at the beginning to sort of do all these backstage roles you don't see on screen, I think those people are probably, it probably took them a year to get a hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And especially, you know, th- then you, on top of that, you're in the middle of a pandemic, you know? Right. So everything is just, like, again, we didn't know what worked. We didn't know what did work or what didn't work and stuff like that. Um, but I think now they're really starting to see who's over. And, and uh, I think that the stories are getting better and everything like that. And I'm just, I'm generally excited uh, about the product and, and you'll see that as we go along, because uh right after that i believe is it isn't it 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 was the announcement wasn't it yeah i mean they're pretty much telling us that this is happening yes by having this event be called the first dance and have it be in chicago but is it not brilliant in a way because look you're driving up ticket sales not ticket sales, but you're driving. Well, that too. Well, 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 you are driving up ticket sales, and trust me, that that show will sell out and, probably instantly. Uh, oh, obviously, but but here's the thing: you're also driving up pay per view buys for All Out because I guarantee you, it's going to be one of the biggest buys in uh, 20 years of pro wrestling. I think that I think that All Out 
as long as they don't bring well if they bring punk out before all out then at least that needs to be his first match um yeah i i think that it'll it, i think at a minimum they pass every aew pay-per-view record oh well here, here's the thing i believe that they will bring him at all out and here's the thing while everyone is expecting it you still want to see it right you it don't will, know if you're going to see it. You think you're going to see it, but you don't know if you're going to see it. They're playing with us, you know, you, kind of thing. You've seen all of uh, season two of The Mandalorian, right? I love it. Right. So Luke Skywalker comes out at the end. Yes. And they have an episode, three episodes before that, where, you know, uh, Grogu is, is, is communicating with a, a powerful Jedi in the universe. Yes. And there's only one guy in this time period that that could be. And you're like, well, um, you know, well, certainly they're not, you know, they didn't get, they didn't get him. Yeah, they can't be, they, they're not going to get him. And then you're like, wait, is that an X-Wing? But then when you see the X-Wing come in, you're still not 100% sure. You're like, well, that's got to be him. But you're still not 100% sure until he, until you see the glove and he's the way he's fighting and the lightsaber and then he pulls the hood back. I mean, it's like. You you a hundred percent thought that that's what you were gonna get, but you still were one hundred percent shocked that you got it. And and see, they can do a similar thing with CM Punk here. Oh yeah, I, obviously. Here, here's how I would do it. I would have, I you know, I, and I don't know if he would interrupt someone or whatnot, or if you just think that the pay per view is about to go off the air, but then the lights dim. And the crowd is going nuts. They're like, oh, 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 what, what's about to happen? And then all you hear is, da 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 you know, the living color song. And then the crowd goes nuts because they know who's coming out. And then it plays, and then he walks out to the ring. Then he grabs the microphone, right? Or he, And he's soaking in the crowd. Obviously, the crowd's losing their mind. And then I, then I would have him about to speak, and then the lights go out, and then you hear... The final countdown for Ryan Danielson. See, I actually think, um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that given given what was on this event tonight, I think we're going to get Darby Allen and CM Punk first. Well, I I I think that's what's going to happen first. Which I'm and I'm all here for it. Oh, that, it's going to be tremendous because Darby Allen is one of the most over uh, people in wrestling right now and in AEW. And, and Punk has specifically said in the, in the past that he wants to work with Darby Allen. I was going to say that. I have heard him in interviews say that he wants to work with like people like Darby Allen and stuff. He wants to work with Kenny Omega as well. He wants to work with... Um, I can't remember who all he said, but... Uh, oh, he said... Uh, Jungle Boy. He wants to work with Jungle Boy as I, well. That would be great. Jungle Boy is fantastic, dude. Uh, and that was very obvious in, in that tag match. Yeah, I agree. And so, um, Luchasaurus. So, well, before we get to that, though, we're, we're, uh, we are missing. Um, so, we have the, uh, the IWGP match, which is weird. Uh, it's weird to say that. But uh, we got Lance Archer. Um and uh, is it Hikulio? Is that Hikulio? Hikulio, yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, with King Haku, with his dad, which was awesome, and the crowd was, went nuts for. That was awesome. 
Yeah. That dude is still a badass, even at his age. You know, I really like Lance Archer, man. You know, a lot of people have... Everybody has has, has come in and said, this guy's the next Undertaker. And they've always referred to... You know, they've said it about everybody. They said it about Mordecai's dumbass when he was on for like two weeks. <laughs> they, they, they said it about... Um, uh what's his name well they they people have definitely said it about uh um uh, tommy end what's his new name uh malachi black. malachi black people have definitely said it about him and and i think he's gonna be something you know uh uh of his own you know oh, yeah. he's not the next undertaker but if you take a guy and look at like what they can do athletically versus their size and their ability to sort of get it in the business I think that the best comparison right now is Lance Archer. And it's not to say that you got to be compared to somebody, but I but I, I you know, I mean it as a huge compliment that it's it's genuinely enjoyable to watch him work. Yeah, I I like uh Lance Archer a lot, but you know what was even int- what was more interesting about that was the fact that we saw Hiroshi Tanahashi before this on an interview on dynamite and he's saying that he wants to challenge the winner of that matchup and then moxley said that he wants hiroshi he's been wanting him so that match could happen at all out steve i think this whole thing is way too meta for the general audience and i think that that's evident by the fact that the live crowd did not really seem to pop very much for the Tanahashi reveal. Well, they um, didn't have the crowd playing. They just had uh, his name. Uh, they just had him. They didn't have the crowd in it. I think they did, man. I think they were just quiet. Because like all the other backstage segments, you could hear the live crowd react. Well, yeah. So I, I really think that... I think there's a lot of people just like, I don't know who this guy is. If you don't follow New Japan then you don't know who he is. I know who he is, and I'm excited for the match. I just think I think the whole promo about the Forbidden Door and all that shit, I think that it's way too, like, dirt sheet, way too meta, way too, like, internet wrestling community. And, I mean, it's fine to do things to appeal to those people because, hell, I'm one of those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just don't – I just also know that there's a certain significant portion of your audience that are just going to be like, what the fuck is going on now when they see Tanahashi work? Okay. Then that's going to be different because then they're going to want him all the time. So you better be able to get him all the time <laughs> or at least again, you know, well, uh, who knows? We'll see, man. Um, but, um, I, I I don't know. I like I when I saw it, I was like I was like, oh, that's awesome, you know, and stuff like that. And the IWGP uh, U.S. Championship belt for New Japan is kind of like I I'm not comparing the two. I'm just kind of saying that that they're kind of similar in the fact that they travel, which is uh, the NWA title. Right. It, it's kind of like that. Like, but that belt is defended basically only between Americans or like, you know, people who wrestle in America. Right, of course. Which I, which I mean, I like, 
uh, in New Japan. I like the. I've always liked New Japan's model when it comes to pro wrestling. You know, I just realized if we had had Jake Roberts on this episode, we would have had almost every living person left from Dark Side of the Ring season three. Because <laughs> we got Pillman Jr. on here, we had Nick Gage. Like, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, let's get into the uh, the six man tag. Um, I thought this was good. I, I kind of, I gotta be honest, man. I, you know, I'm not a huge Matt Hardy fan, but I like him in this role that he's in. Mm. I like the purple suit. I think it works. <laughs> I think it's a nice touch. Oh, it is. Um, I loved Christian Cage's re- reaction when he came out, but I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't get over the Jungle Boy reaction. No, but real quick, how cool was it to hear Christian Cage's original TNA theme? I like it, but I wish it was the actual song. Well, I mean, that that's pretty much, though, what he had. Well, no, eventually they actually got the license for the Evanescence track, though. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, so, like, either singing in it. No. Well, maybe they didn't have... I, I, I want to say... And I don't, I don't remember 100%, but I, I want to say that they actually have a version where it's the band. It's just the band. Because the version he comes out here to is an, here, out to an AEW, and the original in TNA is an instrumental. Okay. But the, but, but the version I like actually has the actual band in it. See, this one sounded like it had the actual band. Maybe it did. Maybe I just need to go watch it again on the TV. Like, I literally heard it and was just like, that's like, like that was straight out of TNA. Well, he had both themes in TNA. Yeah. At different times. So maybe the band is in this one, but if so, I didn't hear it. But I didn't like, my TV wasn't like blaring when I watched this anyway. So uh, maybe I just didn't catch it. Um, But I mean, damn it, man. Jungle Boy is over. Oh, God. And I mean, it's Luchasaurus to an extent. It's not Marco Stun at all, but it's definitely Jungle Boy. Oh yeah, uh, they like Luchasaurus too. I have no idea why Michael, my, why Marco Stun is employed. Well, I mean, he's legit friends with those guys, so like they kind of want him, I guess. And the- I, I get it, man. But I mean, shit, I'm friends with a lot of people. I don't bring them to work with me. Yeah, you know. Um, I can't go to my boss and be like, hey, man, Caleb Stovall's a good buddy of mine. Can you just put him on the payroll and we can just <laughs> hang out and shit? I mean, I, that would be great, but, True. you know, I, I just, I don't know what he's doing there. I just, I don't, I don't know what the hell he's doing there. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to skip over the uh, Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks segment. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the Ricky Starks promo was weak. Very uh, it was like he didn't know where he was going. He was like lost. It was just there were times where it felt like he was trying to act like the rock. Yeah. And it wasn't working. Like it and the people in the crowd were just kinda like, We like you, but shut up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I, I could tell that the crowd was getting restless. I was like I was like, Ugh, this is bad, which is why they probably hit that music when they did. Dude, I mean, say what you want, but it's Charlotte, North Carolina. They 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 know a bad wrestling promo and a good wrestling promo when they see it. Yep. 
You can't pull that shit. And and here's the thing: I've seen him on the mic before, and he wasn't terrible. I just don't. I don't know what the hell he. I I don't know if he just had a bad day, nervous, whatever. Uh, Probably. Oof. I mean, we've talked about this before, right? When you when you don't script things for people, you have the opportunity for these amazing things to happen, and you have an opportunity for terrible things to happen. Yeah. If if you do what, the, what WWE does and you write every single word for every single person. You take both ends of that spectrum and you squeeze it in real tight so you've got very little variation in what could happen. Yeah. It can only go so wrong, but it also can only go so right. Right. Uh, and I got to say, man, I, I think loud and clear people are preferring the AEW method. If yeah. you su- can't cut a damn promo and you suck, then, well, you just went out there and sucked. And, well, I mean, that's kind of what happened here. Um it, it was it was interesting, but the reason I wanted, really wanted to bring this segment up is: Did you see who was on the drums? Um, I can't remember. You missed it, but it was Timmy Lou. That's what it, that's what I thought. I like I was like I was like that guy looks familiar for some reason. Please tell me he was the guy that got the drum post over. He was. Yeah. <laughs> that was Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was fantastic. Tremendous. Dude, when he put that drum over his head, I was like, oh, that's tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw him out there, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's Timmy. And then the camera, they put it right on him, and then he put the dr- they hit him with the drum. That was fantastic. Um, yeah. Moving right along, we got the semi-main, man. How about that Thunder Rosa reaction? I was about to say, dude, now she's officially AEW. And, dude, she, oh, my God, that was a huge reaction. She's so good. Dude, I'm sorry, and and I hope I'm not in the wrong for saying this, but she's she's so hot. (laughs) She is so hot, and she's so good in the ring, dude. Like, she just has it. And she has the walking badass method. Like, you don't have to try to put that on her. She just is a badass. Yeah, I agree, man. She is a star. Yes. Absolutely a star. Um just wow. I mean, just that's all I gotta say is wow. Well, I mean you know, it, but you also have to give credit because uh Britt Baker got a pretty good reaction for I agree. Promo. I agree, yeah. Um was not impressed with Julia Hart here. It kind of seemed like maybe this was just a squash match, and that's kind of what it was. It was. It was a little warm-up before the main event, pretty much. But I was happy to see AEW do that. Because the AEW that I shit on all the time would have had them go 15 minutes. And then it would have made these two people, it would have made Julia Hart and Thunder Rosa look like they're on the same playing field. And they're not. Yeah, this didn't (laughs) at all look like they were on the same playing field. No, not at all. And, And they... She uh th- she uh should be happy that Thunder Rosa is a damn professional because she kept her from horribly botching the finish. Yes. Yeah. Thunder knew it was fucked and she was like, "Oh god, I got to tuck you over here." I mean, it was it was a nice recovery because somebody could have gotten hurt. Yes. Yes. But but it, it, this was perfect. This whole thing, this whole thing was perfect. Yes, it was. Um Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh should we should we get the bad stuff out first? Like, and that way we can just, you know, we, we can end this on a really great note. Okay. Um, 
Nick Gage is not a star. Uh, he was a small fish in an, a very large, very, very large bucket uh, here. And it showed. I thought that, I mean, this may be the biggest crowd Nick Gage has ever been in front of. Well, yeah, a game changer wrestling doesn't. I mean, they have I mean, big crowds for their audience. Right, right. right. And, and and I, you know, I'm not saying it would be any different if they called me up and were like, "Hey, we want you to manage so and so." I would be like, "All right," and I probably would look like that too. But I'm just saying, like, at no point, like, I was paying a lot of attention to, throughout this whole thing. And you know Jericho comes out, and it, and it, it's it's it sucks for him that he's out there with Jericho, right? Because you have Jericho come out, and he's just he just is, yeah. He he just he is Chris Jericho. He is the showman. He yes. is an entertainer. He's the front man for a inter- international rock band. He's Chris fucking Jericho, yeah. Right? I mean, he just is, and he just has this presence about him. Um, and one of the things that a lot of people don't understand about wrestling is just how important that is, the concept of presence. And you can only affect it so much. For the most part, you have it or you don't. You know how to uh, – you can go out there and you can act certain ways to enhance it or cover up the fact that you don't have uh, presence. But for the most part, you either got it or you don't. Right. And Jericho just has it. He just yeah. is. When Nick Gage came out there – I mean, and and don't get me wrong, like... I thought he got a pretty good pop. He got a decent reaction, and he is who he is. I mean, the thing... Here's the thing about this is brilliant, right? It's timed very well with the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Because otherwise, no one would have known who he was. Right. But the thing that's dangerous about Nick Gage is you know that he's seriously this incredibly deranged, tough fucking person. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to look like a star when he comes out there, but he absolutely didn't. And Jericho, one hundred percent, led him through this match. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could tell. I mean, there's that spot on the outside where Jericho's got him in the headlock, and you can just pretty much see Jericho be like, "All right, man, come on, push me into the damn ring post," you know. And it 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 really looked like you brought a guy straight out of the Indies and put him into a match with Chris Jericho. And that's kind of what actually happened. But yeah, I got to give it to Jericho here. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I definitely do, but I couldn't help it, man. I just, I just was in awe. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, Nick Gage is literally wrestling Chris Jericho on AEW right now. Like it just, it, it was a surreal moment to me. It was, and and here's the thing, man. I have not been impressed with Jericho as of late, probably in a while. Shit. Yeah, you had to be. He was the man in this match. Because he went out there, and he had a fucking death match with Nick Gage. Yeah. And here's the thing. It worked so well with the story that they're telling right now. And it made sense. It's probably the best match that Gage has ever had by like a million miles. Oh, I, I, I yes, I, absolutely. Um, I, 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 I could uh, tell that. Um, I, I was gonna say though, I was gonna make the joke. Is it now like that? Is that now like MJF's gimmick where like you have to go through like these stages or something to fight him? 
Yeah, because he did it with Cody, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to go through the hoops, uh, and it's a good gimmick. Uh, cool. It's a it's a nice thing. I just hope that Omega and Moxley were on the other side of that curtain when they went back, and they and they were like, "That's how you have a death match, bitches." <laughs> because they blew that shit they tried to do out of the water here's the thing too right i i've i've seen some people online talking about the death match thing that that they basically had and i was just like um why is anybody shocked you knew that was what was going to happen that was the whole point Although I have heard that that there was this little funny spot, which I, I I didn't notice it, and I didn't really even put two and two together. But apparently, they had Nick Gage use the pizza cutter on Jericho, and then right afterwards, a Papa John's pizza. It was Domino's. It was or, Domino's. Yeah, Domino's came up, and apparently Domino's wasn't too happy about that. Dude, it was so funny because they actually had a picture in picture at the exact moment. Yeah, <laughs> and so and so it was really funny because, like, <laughs> you have the you have the Domino's guy show up with the pizza, and this is happening as Gage has Jericho on the ropes and he's sawing the pizza cutter across his head. <laughs> and and then at the end of the commercial, the guy pulls up the app and it's like pizza's free. And at that exact moment, Nick Gage has got the bloody pizza cutter and he's like. <laughs> you know, it was so <laughs> funny. And yeah, Domino's was just like, come on, man. But the time, this genius. I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, the timing on that is amazing. Um, yeah, man, all in all, this match, fantastic. And MJF is just, he's so good on the mic. How mm. about, how about that announcement at the end? Oh my God! An old WCW rivalry renewed. Yeah. So when I first heard about this, I unfortunately had this spoiled for me before I watched on the episode. But I had already I remembered I loved the previous segment they had where he was like, "Who's Hoovy?" And he was just like, "Google it." And then I was like, "Oh my God! This was a setup for this." And then he's like, "I did Google it, you know." And uh, uh, and then uh, I I my first thing that my mind uh, did was went. Don't you mean Guafi Juice Guerrera? Um, because that's what he called him. I mean, you know, but that's what he called him in the Battle Royal, where he when he announced everyone out. Uh, that's immediately where my mind went because that's one of my favorite like segments of all time. Yeah, um, that whole thing was just great. Where. Um, uh, you know, he comes out and he's announcing everybody for the battle royal, and then uh, Dean Malenko's dressed as Sinclope, and you know he beats yes. him. And what? That's yeah. that that shit is gold. Oh, it was. Whoever fucking booked that, like I, oh my god, it's so good. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I I agree completely. You know, here's the thing about MJF. I'm I'm gonna say this. I don't think there should ever be a scenario where he is a face. He he will forever be a heel in like that's the way it needs to stay. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, he just he's always got to be there. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I loved by the way on commentary. I loved it when like his music hits and Jr. just goes, "Hey, I warned you guys." <laughs> like <laughs> that's true. 
I loved it. I loved every single minute of it, dude. This was great. Like this reunited my love for pro wrestling again. You know, I like I needed this episode to be that good. And I gotta watch the Hoovy match. I gotta. I gotta watch it too. I basically dude, I'm gonna be following them up, you know, up until Rampage and everything like that. Like I'm gonna be following everything because I am generally excited now about what is happening. I'm I'm like, I want to know what's gonna happen next. And we haven't even talked about the Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes segment. Which was fantastic. I really love that they threw that in. It I, was, but did you notice something that I noticed? Malachi Black seemed like the face in that. Because the crowd cheered his ass and they booed Cody. Well, C- Cody has sort of... um, Cody has ruined his image a lot, man. He really has. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be hard to recover. And I, and I think that they want to cheer for Malachi Black. So it's going to be hard, man. And if that's not the, if their intent isn't to make Cody kind of be the heel here, then uh that's the direction they're going to get their crowds going to force him in cuz like Cody, man, they just really ruined him, I think. Uh so yeah, we'll see. It's not like he can't recover from it. He's a star, oh, but yeah. but I mean, I think a heel run is in the in the cards for him. I, I like how the heel run in general. Yeah. I like how in Gorilla, uh, they had the little tags over the seats, yeah. And it's and it was uh, uh, EVP uh, producer Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you didn't even see Tony, right? Well, you did. You kind of saw him a little bit. Oh, I I didn't see him. I don't. Yeah, no, he was there. He was the last guy. Tony Khan was sitting there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, But uh, I love Malachi Black, by the way. I I saw a tweet and it said, having Nick Gage on Dynamite is actually less risky than having Juventud Guerrero on there. What? And I was like, that's probably correct to an extent. Dude, Hoovy's crazy. Like, but I think him, I mean, dude, him and Jericho are going to watch them throw it the fuck down. Well, first of all, they're comfortable with each other. You know, Uh, and... Here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize, like, I wouldn't have been concerned for Jericho with Nick Gage because if Nick Gage would have tried anything, Jericho will fuck you up. Right. Jericho's from, I, I mean, while Jericho, you know, in, in years has, you know, come more to the entertainment, the funny stuff, ha-ha, or, or whatnot, you know, he's also trained in that old school way as well. Right. And uh, you know, I mean, let's face it. He he took he took on Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's he is not give a shit, dude. He will fight Brock Lesnar or Goldberg in a heartbeat. Yeah. And speaking of which, before we you know sign off at everything, all right. Speaking of rumors, apparently there was a leak. Earlier, I don't know if it was a leak or if this was an interview someone did, but apparently someone who is in MMA who is close to Brock Lesnar said that apparently he signed a deal with a place that was not WWE. We'll see. I, I doubt New Japan wants to do business with him again. I AEW, man, I mean, I... 
I think it's the wrong call. It, you could make it the right call if it was like a very short stint. Maybe you do. Uh, maybe you have Punk and Lesnar. Uh, but I don't know. I just don't know. Well, I, 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 to me, I thought it was Bellator with what they were talking about. Yeah, I mean, it could be another fight coming. I mean, you know, it could be anything. We'll see. I, I don't really. I don't really have a lot to say about it because it's just, yeah. it's so far out there. It's so secondhand, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. But what we do know, I mean, the CM Punk thing is happening now. Like, I don't care what anyone says. That's happening. If not, it's the biggest damn hoax work, ev- et cetera, ever. And it's going to blow up in their face. They have to deliver him now. Honestly, if they're doing any, and I'm not saying this, this, this is the case. If they're doing this shit and the ink is not on the paper, they are dumber than I've ever like criticized them of being. No, I'm 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 pretty sure the ink is is on. Oh, I am too. I I'm like ninety nine percent positive. I would be shocked if they didn't have them. Yeah, I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have taken the time to show the crowd chanting CM Punk and then make all of these references. Right. Because here was the thing. They've had rumors every year that they've gone to all all out in Chicago. Anytime they go to Chicago, there's rumors that CM Punk is going to be there, and they never mention anything about it. They never even draw comparisons. They never have any innuendos or anything. This time, it's clear. Like, why would you take uh, – like, because I was wondering this. I thought all out. Why is it not held at the United Center? I thought that they sold themselves short. And then look at this. They're doing they're doing uh Rampage a week after All Out in Chicago, which clearly means CM Punk is going to end that Rampage. I think so. Yeah. Might, and and here's the thing, he might not even wrestle. That might just be where he says something, which is all he needs to do. We'll see. We'll see. I know that everybody's going to watch All Out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch so. it, obviously. I'm going to actually watch this live. I'm not going to wait till the next same. day. I'll even watch it going into work. Yeah, same. I, I Same. Um, yeah. Uh, on another note, they are playing SummerSlam in theaters, and I am considering going to see that. Um, just because I think it would be cool. Another uh, road trip? Well, I mean, it, I, you probably have to work. It's on a Sunday. Or no, it's on a Saturday. Yeah, because they're doing SummerSlam on a damn Saturday this year, which is so weird. But Well, I mean, I could ask off for it. Yeah, man. We'll talk about it off mic, sure. Um, speaking of, uh, we actually have a nice little break coming up, uh, everybody. Uh, so we're going to take two weeks off after this. Um, there's just uh, there's a lot going on. Um, viral pro wrestling, uh, has our biggest show, uh, of the year, uh, that's coming up. So, uh, I, you know, all hands are kind of on deck for that. Yep. Um, we have a ton of things that are kind of in the works and, uh, yeah, I'm going to be all cylinders on that for the next couple of weeks. Um, that, and we have just been going solid for a while. I yep. think this is episode 19 of season three. Uh, and that is a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, we're going to take a two week break. We're going to come back after that. Uh, and we're going to come in strong with a bunch of stuff. We have a lot of material. We have episodes we have promised to do. Um, so 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna get right on that. Uh, I am very hyped for the uh, top ten sins of Vince McMahon. Uh, but hey, he may add a few in our in the next couple weeks. So <laughs> you never know. Um, I just hope he doesn't die before then, because then I really don't want to do the episode. No. Uh, so yeah, yeah, keep keep that heart pumping, Vince, until at least we can get the episode out, so it's not in bad taste. Yeah, uh, it seems like he's fine. Yeah, yeah, he probably is. He's still going to the gym at four a.m. or whatever. Um, so that being said, man, uh, thanks for joining me for this. I think we picked the perfect episode to you know actually delve into one of the weekly shows and break it down. Yeah, I know, and it's the first time ever I've not heard you completely shit on AEW. I mean, because it was a damn good show, and that's actually not true, because I did not do it when we went to see them in Atlanta either. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't review that one. Oh, you mean like on an actual episode? Yeah, yeah, probably because everything we've reviewed has been just different degrees of bad. I mean, I I think I mean it's been like here's good things here and there, but then this sucked. Here was thirty minutes of a garbage match. I mean, you know, I I just you know I I think that. I'm going to call it like I see it, like I always do. And I, I thought that this episode was fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved it when I was watching it. I was like, I was like, this is amazing. When I, when I talk about them wanting to get their shit together, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I want. This is, this is their shit being together. They've, they've wrapped it up nicely. This duct taped and this is it. Um, yeah. yeah uh, well, hey, you know yeah. what? Obviously they did because uh, you're going to watch again next week. I am, and that's the whole damn point. Yeah, I am too. I'm gonna watch again. I'm, 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 I'm all in. <laughs> mm, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, on that note, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna take two weeks off, everybody. So uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll see you then. And this has been an involved review. <laughs> <laughs>